Check, check, check. How's it going? Hopefully everything is working. Uh, it seems like I might be live. Double check a couple of things to make sure it's not going to make all kinds of racket because it has a tendency to make racket. Let's see here. I have it on my phone and it does not appear. So am I, am I actually live? Am I actually brought? There we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. I can turn this off. This is what happens whenever you keep taking a while to do this. So thanks for the folks who are jumping in. I appreciate it. I had a, a topic I wanted to hit that came up in a coaching coaching call I had the other day, and it brought back some memories. Took took me back to the not good old days. And basically, it's about catastrophic thinking. And uh, oh, cool! I do see I do see some chat comments pop up. So let me. Hey, John, thanks for coming in. Wow, a live chat, yes, and it does appear to be working, which is kind of nice. So that is good. Anyway, so I was chatting with this uh, with this gentleman basically yesterday, and getting ready to go to court. X is filing emergency motions, and the guy is freaking out the exact same way I was freaking out back in the day, where you just you just assume that everything is going to go to pieces. You're going to lose. And he was even in the mode of, you know, trying, you know, people were telling him, Oh, you got to figure out how to, you know, say goodbye to your son and, and just accept the reality. Now I get it. If something happens and you lose and you actually lose. Okay, fine. But the thing I found really surprising about this or not surprising but just kind of brought me back was after the custody evaluation was complete in my situation while we're just sitting there in limbo actually no the custody evaluation wasn't complete it was being completed and that took a couple of months I had basically accepted defeat I was I was just sure that I was going to lose that the ex was going to take the kids, move out of state. They're going to basically everything was going to go into her favor. And I was emotionally, mentally preparing myself for that. I'm like, well, if this is going to happen, I need to be able to accept it so that when it happens, you know, I, I have a, a more, <laughs> more of a chance to be able to survive this and not completely fall apart. And I was fully expecting to completely fall apart. So, I mean, you know, let me just throw that out there. Anyways. Now, the hard part about this, when you're in the midst of it, you know, like the old saying, you know, see the forest through the trees or for the trees. And you get so close to everything. You're so freaked out and paranoid that the little indicators that would probably allow you to see things a little differently, you just don't see them. And that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, I had, in retrospect, I had multiple people telling me things in a nuanced way that I was in a much better position than I really thought I was. 
And that was kind of the same thing when I was talking to this guy. And that's what I basically was doing. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Look at, you know, look at this data point, this data point. Look at the, you know, look at what the judge said and what their actions were. You know, what are your teams saying to you? You know, they're basically saying, hey, you're, he's, he's, this, I think this guy is in a much better position than he really believes. And the thing is, is that a lot of times these situations get amped up with the stress by design. A toxic ex is trying to push your buttons to get you to respond and react in a way that benefits them, that benefits their narrative, their case. And they are hoping and praying that you are going to fall into that trap. And what you'll find, and this is what my experience as well, is even if you do the complete opposite if they say you're an angry bitter person and your actions are demonstrating the complete opposite they will still say that you are an angry and better person and if you can get yourself to, to understand that and get in that mindset what ends up happening is is they start undermining their own story, their own narrative. One of the things I think that we tend to do, and I absolutely fell into this trap, is the other side lights themselves on fire, and instead of just stepping back and saying, okay, you know, I'm going to let you do what you do, we go in and... We either make the fire worse and catch ourselves on fire or we give them a fire extinguisher. You know, sometimes we get into our own way when we're dealing with these scenarios and these situations. So the title of this video is, you know, Catastrophe Alert, Embrace Your Feelings and Overcome Them. And that's kind of, not kind of, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Catastrophic thinking when you're dealing with a toxic, narcissistic situation, especially in a divorce with child custody issues, it is really easy for people to fall into catastrophic thinking that everything is going to be bad. Everything is horrible. Everyone's out to get me. Everybody hates me. Every, you know, all this stuff. And the sad reality is, is when you start diving into that, if you get evaluated by a mental health professional in the midst of that, because of your paranoia, because you think that everyone's out to get you, because of you know, all these data points, a lot of times they'll look at it and say, oh, wow, you have a different, you, know, you have this problem. Now, some are getting better at understanding the, the dynamics of these situations and are being able to see, okay, well, you know, you're in this high conflict situation and you're kind of, not kind of, you are reacting and responding in a way that would be, you know, basically appropriate for the circumstances. That's the same thing I was, when I was chatting with this person, I'm like, look, you know, you got to see the bigger picture and I can, you know, your response is absolutely valid. And I had the same response when I was going through it and the stuff was being thrown at me and it felt like, 
you know, spaghetti was getting, you know, noodles were being thrown at the wall to see if anything would stick. It's really easy to dive into that dark place thinking that everything is going to go to pieces. So the, the whole point of this, or the point of this discussion or conversation is, if you have people in your inner circle, whether they are, you know, you know your attorney, evaluators, therapists, you know, friends, and they're telling you, hey, you know, relax, things aren't as bad, you're going to want to think that, well, they're just saying that to calm me down. And maybe there's part of it, but I think for the most part, when you have these other people saying that, you're probably doing better than you really think you are. And you have to take a deep breath, slow yourself down a little bit so that you don't create your own catastrophe. And I'll tell you right here, this knucklehead, me, I did that a lot. I made, I, I mean, I, I lucked out. I mean, I was able to, to stop some of the things that I was doing and uh, do a course correction and did okay. Uh, you know, I did ultimately get 50-50 custody. You know, I'm almost, I mean, I'm months out of being out from underneath family court. You know, last kid will turn 18 uh, towards the end of the summer. And, you know, this this 12-year experience will, at least this phase of it, will come to an end. So... Anyways, I'm going to go to, there's a couple of comments in here. If anyone has any questions or have a comment on this discussion, please uh, add them into the live chat. And if you're watching this in a replay or if you're watching it uh, or listening to it on Spotify, whenever I post this later, then uh, yeah, add a comment on what you think. Or just, you know, have you been in a situation where you fell into this catastrophic thinking and nearly or maybe you're in the process right now of you know claiming defeat out of the hands of victory so heather says hi duane hello heather amy says the court systems are that yeah court systems are corrupt they reward evil wake up yeah see and that's the amy's the, 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 the weird dynamic about this is I think most people enter family court thinking, okay, it's going to be fair, it's going to be just, and things will calm down. And then when you're dealing with a highly, highly toxic evil, as Amy's saying, person, what you're going to end up seeing, and this is what kind of re- feeds into that catastrophic thinking, you're going to see that it appears that they're being rewarded. And I'll use an example from that conversation the other day I was telling you about. The person was like, hey, you know, they're filing emergency motions and they're throwing all this stuff. I need to do the same thing. And fortunately, their attorney and and evaluator said, no, calm down. Um, Because it's so easy to think, well, they do, you know, they're playing by a different set of rules and it works. You know, but the reality is most of the time, as long as you don't fall into the same traps, they're going to, expose themselves. Uh, Now, my guess is from what Amy's comment is, is saying, hey, you know, it's messed up and you're going to lose all the time. And you got to be, you have to be incredibly aware and cautious of what you're doing when you are 
engaging in the court system. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. If you could avoid it, that would be the best solution. The problem is, is with somebody who is toxic, they don't care about fairness. They don't care what's what's in the best interest of the kids. All they care about is winning and making sure that you do not add road bumps, road bumps, roadblocks, speed bumps, speed bumps to their life. All they're trying to do is basically get it to where you either give up and go away, you drive yourself into an early grave, uh, or they throw enough stuff at the at the wall and people believe them and it sticks. So Jennifer says, thank you for all your videos. Thank you for the support, Jennifer. I appreciate that. John, actually, I think John, I just pulled up John's comment. I'll say, I, whoops, I watched my ex and her attorney both light themselves on fire. And if I remember correctly, John, you let, you just kind of let them do their thing and burn themselves to the ground. And you were ultimately victorious, for lack of a better word, in the family court system. Jennifer says, great to hear you again. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. Uh, I will just throw this out here. As I mentioned earlier, I'm coming toward the end of this uh, experience. I don't mean YouTube. I mean the family court thing. My plan, as I've mentioned in some of my previous uh, one-off videos that I haven't really been doing a lot lately, I do intend uh, in September to basically kind of re-jump restart, kickstart the channel. Uh, I don't know if YouTube will, will, will help me with that, but uh, I'll be in a little bit of a different situation and we'll be able to uh, uh, reimagine or rethink how I want to move forward with, uh, with the channel. So uh, I appreciate everyone's support. Thank you so much for that. And uh, hopefully you can hang with me for a little bit longer until we get to that point. John says, hi, Dwayne. I was about, uh, I was there about two years ago. Nothing was good. And I was drinking myself to sleep. Oh my gosh. I don't drink, but what I was doing back then, and I'll, it was like NyQuil or ZQuil, NyQuil, whatever. I mean, I was just, you know, it was not good. You got to be really careful about that when you start. I mean, I, I, I get it. When you're in that scenario, you're just looking for something to help you. But you got to be really careful because that has the strong potential to snowball into uh, a not a good thing. John, I'm glad to hear that it was years ago, and hopefully you are doing so much better. Scooty Puffy Jr., <laughs> cool name, by the way, and thanks for being a member. Uh, I'm being dragged back to court for a, quote, modification after five years. She wants to take more time and money from me. Catastrophic thinking has returned. So here's the other thing. And Scotty, I'm glad you said this. Part of the problem I think we go through is we get distance from the ex and we think everything's great. We're like, you know what? My life's better. You know, I've moved past it. I've healed, healed. And then something happens like this. And you are immediately drop, uh, brought back down into catastrophic thinking. And the interesting part is you can use these times as a gauge 
to, to determine how well you've healed, actually healed from this. And uh, healed would be when this happens, you just kind of like go, oh, dear God. Okay, fine. I, and here's the thing, Scotty, Scooty, Puffy, Puff Jr. I don't know why I say Puffy. Apologize for that. Here's the reality. If everything has been the same and your kids are good and everything's good and the schedule has been working and they're going back to, to just wreak havoc, more than likely, unless your kids are saying, I want to spend more time with mommy or daddy, you know, however the case may be, the likelihood that there's going to be a change to custody is pretty low. However, on the money side, you know, in most, in most areas, you can rat, rask. Let me try that again. You can ask for a reevaluation and they'll input new numbers. If you're in a guideline state like California is, they will input your numbers, their numbers, clickety-click, clackety-clack. And uh, if there is a change in what the numbers would be, then they would typically order, order that. Now, what I'll say, like California has kind of turned into a go-back-to-work state, whereas in the past, it was kind of like if the uh, one, one parent was a stay-at-home not working, you know, it, that would be a problem. Now what they're doing is they're saying, no, if you're not working, we're going to impute your wages at least at a minimum wage and lower, um, lower the support numbers to reflect that. I have a friend of mine who's going through this right now and they had the first hearing and they did that. And I was like, wow, cause they didn't do that on mine. I had to, well, whatever. It's a long story. If you want to hear it, let me know. So, but I know man, Scotty, Scooty, uh, it's really tough whenever you're like, oh crap, you know, the wound's been opened back up and you're not sure what's going to happen. So uh, just question for you. If you want to answer, that's fine. If not, is, you know, do you have an attorney? Uh, are you going to represent yourself or do you have an attorney? And if you do have advice, are they telling you, you know, what are they telling you the risks are? John says, there was catastrophic comments all around me. And I thought, uh, geez, I got a, I got a little thing over the, over the text. Let me try that again. There was catastrophic comments all around me and I thought it was insane. I later realized they wanted me to set up and fight. Yep and participate and I did nothing. I let them file motions of nonsense. And a lot of times when they do that, I mean, you know, they'll, the court's going to entertain this, but as they continue to do that, it starts to irritate and tick off the judges typically. And then things start going badly for them. M says, I still have PTSD from prolonged court action. I can absolutely relate to that with relate with that M. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I have not a very minimal desire to uh, to drag myself back to court. I mean, I think at some point I will have to for, you know, some things. But but as it stands right now, I don't necessarily want to add that stress to my life. Um, the, the bad part about that is that if if your adversary understands that, then there is a good possibility that they will you know, try to call your bluff or bluff you thinking that you won't call their bluff. So uh, I will say I don't have a lot of PTSD anymore uh, from this, this stuff. 
Um, and it does get better. You, you get a different mindset. When you heal from this, you look at things differently. They don't, uh, they don't, I mean, I, and I get it. The PTSD that you're talking about, I absolutely had that for such the longest time. Uh, I'm getting ready to roll into my oldest is uh, graduating from, uh, from uh, he's getting an associate's. My middle daughter is getting her bachelor's and graduating. And my youngest is graduating from high school. So I will end up having to spend, you know, uh, not a significant, but I will have to be around the ex. And I'm not looking forward to it. I don't want to be around this person, you know. And it's, it's, it's sad because because of the dynamic the toxicity and all the stuff that's happened, it clouds everything. You know, it's like instead of just going and enjoying something, you're, you're kind of in the back of your mind. You're like, okay, what shenanigans are going to happen? There's nothing, you know, it's like, you don't want to be like, okay, well, nothing's happened. So nothing is going to happen. And you don't want to also be, okay, well, I think, you know, I want to anticipate different things or comments or whatever saying, um, so, and yeah, I mean, I'm kind of doing that now. I don't necessarily have PTSD from it, but I am like, okay, what, what are the likely scenarios and what's going to happen? You know, what do I need to position myself for? Uh, some of these events, Debbie's going to be with me. So she's kind of anticipating the same thing. So, you know, we're spending a little bit of time strategizing to make sure that uh, we have a, a way forward and a plan to, to deal with any weirdness that happens to happen, happens to happen. Let's see. Uh, a star Oz says, I'm currently in family court. Sorry to hear that. Had my daughter removed from my care January due to false allegations. What I'll say on that is sometimes the courts will temporarily, uh, because of an allegation, go, oh my God, we need to check this out and allow, uh, you know, give, the, give some time to maybe get you looked at or whatever. Um, hacked accounts and made me look crazy thinking they would just hand over my daughter, thinking they would just hand over my daughter to him. False allegations, hacked accounts, and made me look crazy thinking they would just. So I'm not sure what, what ultimately happened unless, unless you did say some more. Oh, well, actually, you do have some more. So let me see if I can find that. Actually, can I make these? How do I highlight these things? I'm going to go, bink. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just highlight your comments so that I can... I can traverse them and then I'll go to favorites and okay. Then you say, uh, I'm broken, broken, figuring out how to present evidence at this time already proved the hacking done. Doug, Doug test negative. As I told everyone, uh, let's see now waiting for a mental assessment due to all this, I'm going to have to put on a face because now I'm insane and I'm not even reading the statements written by him, reading first pages and thought, no way, I'm not fighting, just presenting fact. Yeah, and that's what you got to do. So when you get caught up in this mode, and I'm, you know, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, women do get, uh, hold on a second. Debbie's trying to call me. Let me just say I'm on a stream. On a stream. Sorry about that. If when you get caught up in that, what you're going to have to do is exactly what you just said. You're going if if they are saying, okay, well, we're hearing all these allegations. They might be true. It looks like there might be, you know, maybe bogus, may not be, but uh, we're going to see. 
And then sometimes you get caught in that situation. What you have to do in that scenario is jump through all the flaming hoops that they're putting out there. Make sure as much as you can that you do not fall into the trap of acting like they're the narrative that they're putting out there and jump through those hoops. And I've worked with a lot of men and some women who have had that happen. And uh, there's a way through it. It just takes time and you have to have a lot of perseverance and stamina to be able to do that. So it's, I am sorry you're going through that. Unfortunately, that does happen and it's not a good situation. John says, you've helped me out of that hole. Well, I'm glad. Thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. That's kind of what the whole purpose of this channel has been, is to find people who are in the darkest days of this stuff, thinking that, that they're alone, and to try to help guide them through it so that they don't lose themselves in the process. And I love hearing success stories, so thank you for sharing that. John says, I told myself I would never again, never, sorry, never agree or sign anything. I ripped up the papers in front of attorneys. They were so mad. I told them I don't negotiate with terrorists. My ex said, see, he, uh, he is so difficult. Well, but here's the problem with that, right? And, and I mean, I don't necessarily remember all the dynamics of yours, John, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, okay, we're ready to negotiate. So here's my plan. I want full custody, full decision-making uh, you get to see the kids one weekend a month, uh, but at my, you know, at, at my location, and I will have somebody there to watch, and you know, yada yada yada. And they throw out this agreement, and you're like, no, no. And then it's like, see, they're difficult. Now I don't know if that was your your scenario, but I've seen and I have experienced <laughs> things like that. I remember whenever we went through the first mediation, it was like, okay. We're going to try to mediate an agreement. You know, Dwayne, what do you want? I want 50-50 custody. I want to be an equal part of the kids' lives. I think that both, you know, mom and dad are important. Okay, mom, what do you want? I want full custody. He can have every other weekend. <laughs> you see how that worked out for her. But it stressed the crap out of me. Ah. Oh. It's kind of weird that I can laugh about this stuff now. It took a long time, a long time to get to this point. Uh, John says, it's true California has, oh, is it true that California has lifetime alimony? If you have been married over 10 years in California, they can designate it a long-term marriage. If it is designated a long-term marriage, again, just caveat, not an attorney, so don't take this as legal advice. Check with your legal counsel and double-check. But uh, if you have been married over 10 years and they classify it as a long-term marriage, you are going to be ordered to pay alimony for the rest of your life until they pass away or get remarried. Or, or a Gavron, this is for California, a Gavron warning has been issued, which has been issued in my case, which says you need to get a job and start being able to be self-sufficient. So that's where I'm saying at some point I will have to probably go back to, uh, to court and say, hey, look, you know, she has a career, she's doing stuff, um, you know, this needs to change. Uh, I just, to be honest, my thing for me personally, I want to break from all of this stuff. Not the channel, but I am so looking forward to not having to be 
you know, whose weekend is it? You know, who gets this holiday? Who gets that holiday? It's going to basically all my kids will be adults. And it's like, are you, you know, are you guys coming over for, for, you know, my whatever birthday or Christmas or whatever? If the answer is yes, fine. I'll make plans. If the answer is no, I'm going to go do something else. Not a problem. Not a problem. But yeah, it's kind of frustrating. I, I don't know how other states deal with that. Um, I would imagine some states, I mean, some states I think don't like, I think Texas I've heard doesn't have alimony. Um, I've heard they have other problems, but you know, they don't have that, uh, but I could be wrong. So Scooty says, I do have an attorney. She said, I can answer that nothing has changed. See, and make her prove that it has, which, and if she, if there's not been a change of, of circumstances, then it's going to be really hard to do that. Or I can agree there has been a change and go for placement. Hmm. I'm going to answer nothing changed. Good call. I like that one. Uh, then I'm going to hit her with a pile of contempts. <laughs> yeah, just make sure. The only thing I would say with that is just strategize with your attorney and make sure that it's um, a good uh, a good. Course of action. Jeez, brain just seized up right there. Too high of a burden to outright go for placement. Yeah, that's true. And a pile of uh, contempt may take care of that for me. Uh, yeah, and, and part of that's what it is, right? It's like you, you it, it's, it's strategic and you have to look. It's like, okay, how do you apply enough discomfort that your ex decides that isn't worth it and then at what point have they created so much discomfort for you that you have to do something, right? So, but Scooty, I think you have a plan. I'm glad you have an attorney that seems like they're on top of it and uh, you should be good to go. Oh, again, one thing I do want to say about that, um, let me just click on this back on Scooty's comment so that uh, I can just, it is irrelevant. I'm not on the wrong comment. Um I'm trying to think how to word this. So if you make the catastrophic mistake of agreeing to something, like let's say you say, okay, you know what? I'm okay with, uh, I agree to 70-30 or I agree to, you know, every other weekend. And maybe you don't realize you have a toxic ex. And then as time goes on, you're like, oh my God, this was a colossal mistake. You know, I mean, it's just, it's turned into a, into a nightmare and I want to force my weekends and I want more time. If you, when you agree to something, you're kind of locking it in. Not to say that it can't be changed, but it makes it a lot more complicated. So what I'm saying is, is if you agreed to every other weekend and then four years into it or five years into it, you're like, man, this is messed up. Uh, I want to, you know, I, I want more time. It's, it's going to be more difficult to do it unless you can demonstrate, like Scooty is saying here, that a change has occurred and as a result, a change of custody would be appropriate. Now, for instance, let's say you get divorced and your kids are babies. And as a result of that, you say, okay, 80-20 every other weekend, that's fine. Now the kids are, are getting ready to go to school uh, and now the custody is going to change. Now, what I would hope that you would do 
is if you thought that was the best course of action, write it in that when the kids go to school, you switch, you, you know, that it's in there saying that the custody will change at this time. Otherwise, you're going to have to go in and say. Now, in that scenario, you could say, you could say, okay, well, when this was the circumstances is they were babies, they were nursing, they were in this scenario, and now they're in school and times are, you know, it's different. So changing custody could make sense. But, you, you know, you want to make sure that your first paperwork out of the gate, <clears throat> excuse me, is the best scenario you can get. Because going back, and I've, I've known people in real life who've done this, who've made that mistake, said, oh, got divorced, thought their, their ex was, uh, was a decent mom. In this particular story I'm thinking about, it was a, um, you know, a guy with, you know, dad, mom, dad situation, or dad, mom. Realized later, oh my God, this person is batshit crazy and tried to go back to court and it's like, well, you already agreed to this. You know, why are you trying to change now? What is the circumstances? And he, they, couldn't, they couldn't make it happen. So the problem is, though, that, that's the sad part. I mean, and, and it's, it's funny because a toxic narcissist would probably be in, in their best interest. And mine could have done this to me because I was actually, now that I think about it, I was willing to do this. I, at the beginning, was going to sign saying, okay, I'm good with, you know, every other weekend, you know, this is the support I'll do, you know, this is fair, this will be okay. And thank God, in retrospect, in my situation, the ex was like, well, I want everything I'm entitled to. I want everything I can, you know, everything I'm supposed to get, I want. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, we're playing this way. And uh, I went to war. Had she, oh, thank, I mean, had she said, okay, and signed that, and I had a signed document that said she had the kids 80% of the time. And I just assumed, well, it's not a big deal. You know, it'll, you know, we're going to adjust. We're going to co-parent. It's going to be great. I would have been, I would have been host. And if I tried to go back later to say, Hey, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. I want more time. It would have been a major uphill battle. And, and part of the reason why I didn't do this, because when, when I got to the attorney stage, stage, phase, stage, whatever of this, I asked them, I said, well, you know, is this, if I did something like that, what does that mean? And he was like, well, can you trust her? And I'm like, no. And he says, well, you can't do that. If you do that, if you, if you go, if you agreed to 80, 20, and you already telling me, this is what I was telling him, that she's wanting to leave the state, even though she has officially not said it, it's going to be a lot easier to say, well, I'm the primary custodian. I have 80% of the time, you know, we can just adjust this and make up the 20% during summers and holidays and probably would have been able to do it. Thank God in my situation that that didn't happen. And I, cause I would have done it. I would have, if when that first thing, I probably would have, we could have stipulated that and I would have agreed to that. And this would be a much different channel. <laughs> Anyways, curious what you guys think about what I just said on that. Um, John says, you nailed it for what they put in front of me. She wanted 150% custody. I told my... <laughs> okay, that was a comment I just read where he said he ripped it up in front. I'm just... You see, this is exactly what I said, right? Uh, she wanted 150% custody. I told my ex in front of both attorneys she would have been better off taking talking to me instead of hiring that goofball attorney. 
Oh my God. That's just, yeah. I mean, these patterns just repeat. Goes on to say, uh, wow, California should have on its license plate, they do not marry, uh, the do not marry state. Out, ouch on the alimony stuff. Yeah, I mean, and if you listen, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the, the guy from Dukes of Hazard a few years ago was going back to try to get his alimony modified. He was paying like twenty or $40,000 a month. And he's like, hey, I don't make this kind of money anymore. And uh, they held him in contempt and uh, processed him into the L.A. County Jail. Uh, he was supposed to be there for a while. Fortunately, they only he was in there for a few hours and sent him out. But uh, and I don't know what ultimately happened uh, happened in that scenario, whether they've uh, changed it or whether he's just behind or what's going on. It's not cool. I mean, it's 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 you know, in my opinion, nobody should be an indentured servant or a fucking. Sorry, I apologize. A slave to somebody that's not that's not right. You know, I mean, it's like if you go, if it falls apart, it falls apart. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe there's a a little bit of a requirement to help the person get on their feet or something like that. But but this forever thing, no, that's not cool. Uh, sad part is they keep trying to modify that or change that in Florida, and it always gets vetoed because the problem is everyone thinks. I, I think the problem is is I think most people, most people believe that people aren't scummy. And think, okay, well, you know, somebody will 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 get a job and start becoming self sufficient, and they're they're not thinking about the people who are abusing the system and stuff like that. Like in my situation, my ex did not get a job until two kids fell off the dole, and that number that I was paying her was no longer enough to pay the rent, to pay the utilities, to pay the car payment, to pay the gas, to pay the food to pay all that stuff. And that's when she finally decided, "Hmm, maybe I need to get a job. And and I'm laughing now. Um, You know, that was a bitter pill to swallow for the longest time. You know, I mean, I don't care anymore. I'm like, I just want, I want this chaos out of my life. I want this chaos out of your lives. And I want you to, uh, to send me little notes and pictures of you and your children or just you and your yourself having a, a great time in a forest or on a lake or whatever. Make sure it's safe for work, please. All right, let's see here. Scooty says, a modification trial can take longer than the original divorce. Very hard to change things after the fact. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, which is, so the, the main point about that, I just want to, dwell on that for a moment. The main point on that is if you're stuck in this situation, take a breath. I know that, you know, talking about the catastrophic thinking, it's easy to say, you know, like what Scooty's saying, you know, it's very hard for for things to change. But what if, you know, but what if this, you know, what if this one works? What if that, you know, it's just what what you got to do is you just set your, your team up and if a ruling was to happen, you need to be prepared to appeal it if that's what you want to do and uh, pick your battles and try to keep yourself as calm as possible. I know it is. I know. I know it's tough. What I will say as a shameless plug for my 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 limited coaching services that I offer because I don't do it a lot. 
I have a unique ability to be able to take all the data points, string it together and communicate it to somebody to help them better understand what's going on and where they're really at. And I've talked to uh, quite a few people who thought that they were on the, the edge of destruction, ready to give up, ready to walk away. And, you know, listening to the information going, hmm, you know, it doesn't really sound like that's what's going to happen. You know, I mean, things can happen. Don't get me wrong, you know, but most of the time these people come back to me and say it didn't play out with the, in the catastrophic way that they, they thought. Life Learner says 50-50, not always best for children. X takes nine-year-old to inappropriate adult activities, acts as if she is his date. Ugh. You know, and the sad part is, and this is another good point. Uh, sorry, life learner. That's I, I, Anytime we're in a, a scenario where the other person is doing stuff that we absolutely wouldn't do and we have zero ability to do anything with it, that's where that black hole thinking uh, video and concept that I posted many years ago came from is you, it, unless it is unless it is something that is criminal that you would need to call the police on, there's not much you can do. You know, I mean, you know, inappropriate activity, adult activities. I mean, that, that's a broad range of stuff. But in my mind, you know, if you start going on the far end of it, that kind of gets into the illegal, illegal category. But, uh, I mean, it's really tough. Minded, minded, similar stuff, and it was just I, I just, I had to realize that uh, there really wasn't much I could do about it. Now, the funny part is, and life learner, let me ask you this, because I would, my guess is that you're going to agree with this. I would imagine that in your situation, you're saying your ex is taking your guys's daughter to inappropriate places. And I would imagine that he's probably telling you what or saying what you can do and can't do because mine was doing that. Well, they, you can't have them around this people. You can't do that. You can't do this. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, technically we both can do whatever the heck we want within reason during it. Now, the other thing I would say, let me just throw this back up here. Here's the thing you have to be careful of. Now, if this inappropriate stuff bubbles to a category to where it would warrant a modification of custody or changes. Okay. However, what I have seen is people take things out of con context. They blow it up. They go back to court and they either nothing changes, which is sucks, you know, or it gets worse very rarely, unless you really have a good documented scenario that a group of scenario and like of a pattern of behavior Otherwise, it's going to blow up in your face and they're going to think that you are the problem. So you got to be really careful about that. And if I didn't articulate that right, or you, somebody wants me to clarify it, just make a comment and I will attempt to do that. Because it looks like I'm almost caught up on the comments. John says, Dwayne, your channel has been so helpful. I have shared it with many people. Hope things are going great for you. They are. 
things are going great. They really are. I'm not being sarcastic. Um, I have my, I'm doing, I'm driving my truck in the dirt. Uh, I think I mentioned before that uh, I was going to order a, a, a super Pacific camper thing, uh, which I've, I've got that on order. And it looks like they might be moving up the date. So my youngest and I will be able to go on our epic adventure up to up in the Portland area, grab that thing, and then do a super long exploration camping trip for about a week coming down probably the West Coast. We're probably going to stick stick to the, to the ocean side of Oregon and Northern California and then hop over toward the 395. Okay, I just Californiaed myself because Californians always seem to say the 395. They don't say Highway 95, 395. Anyways, beautiful route, uh, and uh, yeah, so things are things are going pretty good. And let's see. Oh, there are more comments. Uh, Hardimus, if I'm saying that right, says, same here, my ex didn't work for 15 years, and right after our divorce, she started to work. Well, at least she started to work. Because in my scenario, what happened is, is we were married for 22, 21, 22 years. And for the last, you know, since the kids were born. Oh, that's actually when she stopped working. So when the kids were born, uh, she hadn't worked for, God, what was that? 12 years? 13 years? Something like that. And uh, she was talking about getting a job. But what I think happened is, is people said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to get a job. You need to make sure that he pays the most amount of money. So she stopped getting a job and are looking and just waited. And it was another, what was it? 10 years, nine years. It was whatever. So, but, uh, I mean, if she went to work right after the divorce, that'll actually help you out, man. And father's ex, uh, says good afternoon. All just popping in to say hi. Well, hello. Thanks for popping in and saying hi. I appreciate it. Why don't you give me a thumbs up if you like the like the uh, like the channel, like the videos? Uh, how I like your name, Father's X. How uh, how fathers can win custody? They actually can, and it does happen. You know, I would say things nowadays gravitate toward fifty fifty. You might have to fight for fifty fifty, but it's like unless there's a, a reason not, you'll probably end up with fifty fifty. And if you can demonstrate that, you know, if you can demonstrate in the correct way that uh, it would be in the best interest of the kids to be with you, if you're the father, then that does happen. You know, the days of men not ever getting uh, custody is, it's not that way anymore. John says, X wanted to take the kids and move south. I had the gal specifically say she could not move more than 30 minutes from where they were living now. The ex regrets all she did, but I don't trust her. See, that's the other thing. And this is the, this is the weird part. You'll have a toxic ex who will try to burn everything to the ground. And when they finally lose, they'll be like, well, why can't we just be friends? Well, why, 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 you know, why do you hate me? You know? And uh, I, I went through that with mine. 
She's, you know, it's like, and you get to the point where it's like, you know what? You're the devil. I cannot trust you. I cannot let my guard down. You've demonstrated multiple times over and over again that if I do, you will abuse that trust and make things difficult. And then you, you set a, a firm boundary. And it's hard because your kids are like, well, why can't you let it go? Why do you have to be bitter and angry, daddy? You know, I've had that conversation with my kids over the years as well. Father Zek says, happy about your road trip this summer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, with your kids. Kid. It's only one of them. Uh, Matt, I may also do the Pacific Coast Highway Drive with my son this summer. Never done it. Oh, man. If you've never done that, that is, okay, the Long Beach area. That's a little rough. North of that or south of that, it's pretty nice. Uh, I don't know if uh, Highway 1 up near, oh, crap, what is that where it all washed away? Big Sur, the Big Sur area. I do not know if that is going to be open, uh, hopefully. Uh, just know if you do the Pacific Coast Highway route, uh, especially during the summer, from what I have heard, I haven't been over there in a while, it's pretty packed. So I think Debbie and I, when we hit our uh, 10 years being together, which will be next January, I think we're going to try to go to uh, Big Sur area and celebrate over there. Okay. And then Scooty says the Black Hills in San... I was going to say San Diego. <laughs> the Black Hills in South Dakota, is what I think you're saying, is our happy place. My 10-year-old daughter and I are headed back in June for the fifth year in a row. Oh, man, that is so awesome. I love to hear that. And here's the thing, and this goes for everybody. Once you stop following... Our, once you stop falling into the trap of actually helping your own parental alienation and you start building and strengthening your relationship with your child, the ability for the ex to destroy that significantly goes down. Now, now don't get me wrong. They're going to try. They will try forever. Um, and, but if you just kind of have your guard up and you understand that, then it makes it nearly impossible I almost fell into that. I have I let my guard down with my youngest a couple of years ago, and there was some stuff that happened. And uh, you know, the ex found a wedge issue that that they were able to use, and it nearly destroyed my relationship. But yeah, they didn't, right? So, John says my kids said that too. They can't. Why can't you let it go? Oh, this is back what I was saying before. It was a long time ago. They are repeating what the ex says. They all follow the same pattern. And, and you know what, man? I'll, I'll tell you this from my, my personal situation, uh, with my parents' divorce, that up until I went through my own experiences, I couldn't understand. It's like, why is my dad so angry? Why does he think, you know, my mom is Satan? It's because he knew. <laughs> So, and honestly, I didn't finally understand that until I went through the same scenario. And I'm like, oh my God, I get it now. I understand why my dad was like, nope, I'm not even going to be in a room with this garbage human because they don't ever stop. He tried one point when my son was born and that one time and what he's told me since is that she was doing some passive aggressive crap 
poking him in the eye and he was like, nope, never doing that again. And that's the thing. I mean, once you're, once you're done with this, you don't have to do it anymore. So, and it took me a long time to realize what really happened. And honestly, what, and then to realize that the actions that my, my dad took to understand why he did it, what the reason was, hold on a second. Uh, my youngest is asking me to help with the tie. They're doing prom tonight. And Debbie and I secured a limo for them and their friends over at the ex's house. So, cause that's where they are right now. And it's about my, my, our young, my youngest. So, you know, just saying whatever. Anyways. So they need help with the tie. Um, anyways, I digress. I apologize for that, that distraction. But yeah, it's it, it it so is tough, right? I mean, I I don't know if I ever said that to my dad, but I get it. I mean, and I in my mode right now, my thing is maybe there will be a time that I can. I don't know. I I my my going in thing is I plan on after this last thing with the graduations. I should not ever have to be around or see the ex's house or anything ever again. Probably a little bit naive on my part, but uh, that's kind of what my mindset is. So, Scooty says, we have been on some epic adventures in the last five years that never would have happened if the ex and I were still together. Oh man, that's a good point too, right? I mean, it's like, Breaking free from these people, although as how painful it is, it fundamentally really transforms your life in a positive way, not initially, but as it goes on. So John says, uh, Dwayne, I'm teaching my kids to play bass and keyboards. Outstanding. Uh, a friend of mine who is a psychiatrist told me that is incredible because the ex tried to destroy everything between us and failed. Here, I got to do this. I got to hit my applause button. That's outstanding. And, and, and you know what? That's the thing is like, it, the, if I was to roll the clock back and not allow myself to get paranoid about losing, I mean, if I... I'm trying to think how to say it. You know, I guess if I was coaching myself before, I would be pointing out all the little nuanced details, like I was talking about earlier, about how things are really going better than I think, and saying, "Look, you need to stop trying to convince the kids." Because what I was thinking is, "Is oh my God, the kids are being manipulated." You know, the the their mom is talking about leaving the state, but she's not telling anybody, so the kids don't understand what they're saying. How it's basically feeding into that, and they're actually helping her with her discussion about or her position about basically making it to where I would never see them again. And if she won, it would be like, you know, boom, they would move and they'd never see me. And she was lying to them and saying, oh, no, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm doing. I think that the kids need their, you know, both parents. Yeah. So, but what I mean is, is that if had I not fell into that paranoia, I would have been able to um, help myself not fall into that trap and uh, effectively 
things would have gotten better with my kids faster, what I ended up doing is I ended up creating problems, create, you know, creating more drama. And then I had to undo that. So I kind of drove, drove it, you know, drove everything down farther into the ground and then had to dig up to get back to the ground level, you know, get back to the level and then start building up from there. If that makes any sense. Anyways, so, all righty. Well, we're close to an hour. I will say if anyone has any uh, comments or questions or something you want me to hit, just put question, throw it in the comments. Now would be your time. I don't know when I'm going to come live again. Uh, I don't, like I said, uh, I'll kind of still be on this hybrid schedule until probably uh, early September. And then I don't know necessarily what that means or wh what I'm going to, uh, to do, but uh, I am looking forward to having the opportunity to, uh, to change some things up, so to speak. I do want to say thanks to the channel members. There's a few of you guys that are uh, hanging out with us today. So, and I, and I really do appreciate that, especially since the last year or so. I've been kind of, or maybe a year and a half, I've kind of been in this limbo state. Uh, partly that's because of some of the issues I was mentioning earlier with my uh, youngest and uh, some of the drama that's happened. I'm just kind of like, all right, I only got a little bit of time left. Let's focus on just getting through this without lighting everything on fire. So, yeah, let me check this for a second. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up just because I want to show you guys this. If this works, this is the do the do the do hockey the the thingamajib that I'm putting on my truck. It is a canopy camper. That has a wedge style tent that's integrated into the canopy camper. So these little areas here slide forward so you can sleep up there or you can slide it forward and stand up. And uh, that's, uh, I am really looking forward to that. So that's what we're going to go up to Portland to get. I think there's another photo like right there. You can see it. So like a lot of times you'll see rooftop tents and it's just this whole thing is a solid platform. But uh, it actually opens, so these things roll up, and you can actually, you know, you can put a ladder and go in through the sides or the back, or you can uh, go, and this is what I'm going to do, you can go into the cab and then step up into it, or climb up into it, I guess. So really looking forward to that. Uh, got a question from uh, a grand... Grad to new to young professional says, can family service mediator see all the court filings? Can family service? I don't know. I, you know what? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I don't see a reason why they couldn't. Uh, but, uh, but see, here's the thing, though. A mediator isn't necessarily making a decision. They're trying to mediate a decision between you two, right? So, I mean, if you convince the mediator that you're, that you are right, that doesn't need, mean that they're going to be able to browbeat your ex into agreeing with it. Uh, I went to a couple of mediated things with, with mine. 
Oh yeah, small claim. I was trying to think what the second one was. Second one was because I sued her in small claims court for not paying medical. So we had a mediator for that. And uh, I guess technically that kind of worked. She did pay and uh, she did pay her part of the medical until my son dropped off. And then she's like, well, I'm not getting enough child support now, so I can't pay my halves and refused to pay anything after that. Technically, she probably owes me probably by now, probably five or 6,000, maybe $8,000. I ain't getting any of that. I know that. So I don't know if that, that didn't necessarily answer your question. So I'm sorry about that. Hardimus says, Hey, Dwayne, I have been alienated from my children for more than five years. And I learned so much about personality disorder, enmeshment and parental alienation. Uh, will you have a show about parental alien? I've done a lot of those, to be honest. But yeah, as things come up, absolutely, that will be a topic that I will re-hit because that's what we're dealing with. That's what all of us, for the most part, are dealing with out here. It's probably what drove you to the channel. So, all right. Well, I think I will wrap it up because I do have to get ready for this uh, prom thing. I volunteered to go pick up one of the kids 45 minutes away to bring them down to uh, meet everybody and their friends to uh, go to prom. So that will be good. Uh, let's see. Scooty made a comment. So I'll do that. He says a mediator is another overpriced attorney that is usually a friend of one or both attorneys that is brought into the mix to play a game of telephone between the two parties. It's a racket. Yeah. Now, like in California, uh, the, when we were forced to forced to do mediation, like before, like, we had to do see a mediator um, in the beginning of the divorce, and they were court provided, court appointed. I mean, like literally, we went to the courthouse and went to the mediator. It might have been this first day. I can't remember. I don't know if we, but anyways, did that, and then the same thing for when I sued her in small claims court. It's like they had the morning thing. They sent everybody, you know, gave everybody time to go talk to a mediator. And then if there was a, if the mediator worked, great. If not, then they moved it into, uh, I think, a trial. And in my situation, the mediator worked. Anyways, I digress. Anyways, thanks for hanging out, guys. Appreciate it. No, it's a small little intimate, intimate crew today. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, seeing that I popped on. Uh, hopefully some of you guys got the text notification. Uh, if you do want to get notified, make sure that you, uh, hold on, let me see if I can pull this up. That did not work. Oh, it's because I must have closed. Uh, I must have closed the, uh, the, the thing. So let me, oh man. All right, I'm not going to pull it up. If, if you scroll down, if you scroll down into the description, you should see uh, the phone number to sign up for the text notifications uh, for whenever I do these type of uh, one-off videos. And uh, on that, thanks everybody so much for the support. I do want to thank the channel members. I'm scrolling. I did update the list, so this list is actually current. The folks that have become uh, and continue to support the channel, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Now, try to have a great day uh, and don't let this crap get you down, and I'll catch you on the next one.